0: Today's show is brought to you by Aptiv. Aptiv is a fabulous app and robust online community that allows you access to top-notch motivating personal trainers who guide you through an audio-based workout that is timed to your choosing with fun, perfectly synchronized music. Like Netflix for Fitness, Active gives members unlimited access to their entire bank of high-end trainer-led workout classes. So if you're looking for fresh, high-quality, on-the-go motivating workouts that adapt to your lifestyle, I highly recommend Active. In fact, if you head over to the curator playlists, you'll see a familiar face. I chose seven of my favorite Active workouts, so that you can get a well-rounded mix of workouts that will take you from intense cardio to restorative serenity. And these are some of my favorite workouts to do when I'm traveling or if I just have a spare 20 minutes between activities. And because they're the best, Active is even offering Fed and Fit listeners a free 30-day trial when you sign up for monthly subscriptions at www. AAPTIV.com. Be sure to enter the promo code FED and FIT one word at checkout and your first 30 days are on the house. Welcome back to another episode of the Fed and Fit Podcast. I'm excited today. I just Stinking love these episodes. I almost said freaking love these episodes, and then I stopped myself because I was afraid freaking was a bad word. And I realized it wasn't. I just had to own that whole little just own up to it. I did. I had to own where my brain went just then. But I just love these episodes. We're doing another reverse interview today, where I have invited Bethany. She is in Jacksonville, Florida, to come on the show today for a reverse interview. For those of you who are new here. This is where a fed and fit listener or reader will write in with a great question, and instead of just answering their questions via email, I invite them to come on the show where she and I will have an, a recording, or recor- a conversation, record it, and hopefully publish it to the podcast with the hopes that it helps other folks that are out there. Because I really think that some of these questions that are uh, I get. There's definitely more than just one of you out there, and I really think this is going to be a great conversation. So the way that it works is I hand Bethany essentially the baton uh, to lead the show. I'm here to answer whatever her questions are. We'll have a great discussion, and hopefully it'll help lots of folks. But welcome to the show, Bethany. Thank you. I
1: really appreciate it. It's It's so much fun to be here
0: yeah, I'm so much fun to for you for you to be here, oh my gosh. my my brain. it's, a, it's it needs a jump start today. Um, Bethany and I actually got to meet in person not too long ago. I was visiting family in Jacksonville, and we were there for about four days, and I got a little twitchy. It's hard for me to be away from work <laughs> for that long. And so I thought a fun thing to do would be to. Do a quick meetup, and so I just posted. I think it was just on Snapchat, or it was something someplace. I, yeah, was it? I think it was. I think it was Snapchat. Was I it Snapchat? where I found you. Okay, it was. It was someplace pretty small. I didn't broadcast it everywhere, but I said we're going to do a quick meetup. If anybody in Jacksonville area wants to come out, um, and so obviously really short notice, but we all met up at a coffee shop. There were a good. I think six or five or six of us there, but it was so fun. And Bethany was one of the ones who came out. So it's so fun to be able to, I already have a face um, to your voice (laughs) in your name. (laughs) yeah. But yeah, tell (laughs) folks a little bit more about yourself um, and some of the questions you've got today. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. Um, So I
1: started paleo back in October of 2013. Um, I originally, wasn't into anything healthy, any, any sort of, um, healthier lifestyles, not anything healthy, but any sort of, um, particular lifestyle such as paleo. I was just, I ate whatever I wanted when I wanted kind of thing. And it's, it's horrible to say that, but I didn't have any healthy eating habits whatsoever. Um, my boyfriend was the one that introduced me to this paleo lifestyle. And he was like, this is something that I would like to try. I wanna do this with you, Like, let's do this together. We live together. So it'd just be easiest to kind of do it together. So I was a little bit reluctant because of course I'm the one that, I I was gonna be the cook. So figuring out how to go paleo was a little bit daunting. However, um, we moved down to Gainesville to go to UF for a little bit. And I had some time off while we were in school to just figure out the food situation. And I learned how to cook. I picked it up rather quick. It wasn't anything that was um, as daunting as what I thought it was going to be because paleo was pretty easy. It was just your healthy fats. It was your healthy proteins and your vegetables. So it's just kind of like playing around. And figuring out how to cook vegetables differently, and broil and roast, and so um, when when I went paleo, I noticed a lot of things that kind of changed for me. So I uh, my headaches went away. I didn't realize I had um, sugar headaches, I guess. So whenever I got rid of all of the sugars, um, I went through a big withdrawal. Like I, I had oh my gosh mood swings. It was mm. it was ridiculous. They were really bad. Um, but I, my headaches went away. Um, I slept better, which was a lot. Um, I, I did get my normal like seven and a half hours, but I started getting better sleep at like eight hours and not having to wake up throughout the night. Um, it was just altogether, healthier and better for me um my mood was a lot more even keel I didn't have those mood swings when it came around to that time of the month sorry if that's a little personal (laughs) no share it
0: we've shared we've shared more
1: Yeah. (laughs) yeah so um yeah with that being said I kind of just fell in love with it I was going to UF for computer engineering and that was a goal that I had at the time and it was just a goal, unfortunately. It, it was something to go to school for, because I was kind of lost, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I kind of set this goal, um went through all of my engineering prerequisites, and then we went to UF to go for computer engineering, both uh, my boyfriend and I. so, I I fell in love with nutrition at the same time that we transferred in with going paleo. And then I started wanting to read more about nutrition and figuring out how to help people with ailments. Um, I also had eczema that went away. So that was pretty awesome. I was... Um, I was pretty, pretty bad with eczema. Like it was on my neck and on my face. And then I realized once I went paleo, it just kind of went away. Mm. Um, that was something that I never really realized that was an issue until it it wasn't there anymore, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was pretty cool. But I, um, I, I realized that computer engineering isn't where it was for me anymore. My heart wasn't in it. I tried to figure out if I wanted to go to med school or, just kind of a branch that I wanted to go down, um, and I realized that nutrition, holistic nutrition, moreover, is um, where I wanted to go. So I I left. I <laughs> I can't believe I did it. I walked away from computer engineering and the debt that goes along with it. <laughs> I walked away, and um, I'm now pursuing starting my own business with uh, holistic nutrition and figuring out where to go to school. I've listened to a few podcasts of yours on how to start that career, so I have that. Um, more figured out than the whole business aspect of everything. So that's what I would
0: like to pick your brain about today.
1: Yeah. I feel like that was a super long introduction.
0: I love it. I love the backstory. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Don't apologize. You know, I bet, and I bet that really encouraged a lot of folks um, because there's listeners here who are, not everybody is very well versed in paleo. So I'm really (laughs) glad you shared that. That's a really awesome journey. It was it
1: was a scary time, but I was like, you kind of have to go for what you like, and no matter how much time and effort you put into one thing, if you give it up, then you give it up, and you move on to what you really, really enjoy. So that's where I'm at today.
0: That's wonderful. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Very cool. Well, what is um what is your overall vision for your business? So my overall vision, um,
1: I right now have more of a vision to. Uh, help people in a sense. Um, I Right now, starting out, since it's going to be so tiny, I am going to just be writing some blog posts and kind of getting a feel for it and just seeing if this is something that I really would like to do because okay. I feel like a lot of people are gung-ho at first and then they get into it and they're like, "Ooh, I don't really like writing or <laughs> <laughs> I don't really like putting out five recipes in a month or so on and so forth. So I'm trying to kind of do a little trial and error beforehand, but um, and trying to figure out exactly where my heart lies. But I have a lot of people around me that have certain ailments, like Hashimoto's or um, endometriosis. So I'm trying to figure out a way to reach those people with um, not necessarily just autoimmune issues, but just overall health concerns. So I'm trying to figure out a way to reach people doing that while doing something that I really like to do, like cooking and recipe developing and possibly even doing like cute little beauty posts and fashion posts Mm -hmm. that you do just to kind of switch it up a little bit. So yeah, Yeah.
0: I think that's great. Um, So do you do you kind of have an idea of how you would work with people? I would would assume that would be more on a professional services capacity, like Mm -hmm. consulting.
1: Is that right? right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you yep. kind of have a good idea of how you would want to do that already? Um, I I actually don't have a good idea of that. I know that I would like
1: to bring on clients, mm-hmm. but maybe um, how many clients? Uh, do
0: you have clients currently? How many did you... Uh, start with, particularly? Good question. So I actually don't have any more one-on-one clients, um, which is why part of maybe why I love these interviews so much, because I get to work with people one-on-one. I got to a point in my consulting practice where I was maxed out. Um, The amount of time that I would pour into each of my nutrition consulting clients was pretty, it's for any nutrition consultants or NTPs or NTAs listening, NTCs listening to this, uh, they can, they're probably nodding their head. It takes an extraordinary amount of time to really devote to a person when they sign on for consulting. And me personally, the amount of work I was doing, I couldn't take on more than 10 clients at a time oh, and wow. also run a blog. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was really full time for me and, and with my clients, it was very much a, you can reach me pretty much any time. So, but I had folks that I was having to turn away and I didn't like that. So what I did is I took some of my biggest lessons learned from my one-on-one coaching and turned it into a program, an online program and the online program. Yeah, Yeah, I saw that. The perfect you plan. I like that. Yep, exactly. So that's, that's the fed and fit project. And that's what I call as my online program. There's a copy of it in the Fed and Fit book. And that was born truly from my one-on-one consulting practice. It's the things that I noticed that work the best from person to person to person. And so what I like to think of it as it's 80% of the solution, right? Out of the box, here's an 80% solution. It'll get you 80% of the way there. And then the extra 20% to get you to the final finish line, that perfect you plan only you can answer for yourself. And so mm. you give folks the tools then to figure out how to do that. So that's the Fed and Fit project. And now through the project, we serve about a hundred folks a month. And oh, so, wow. you know, it's kind of blossomed from that. So it's not necessarily any more one-on-one coaching in a sense that aside from my beauty business, I do one-on-one business coaching with those folks. Um, but, on the nutrition side, I'm really just I'm available for those folks, members of the project. But we wrote a whole bunch of material so they get emails and they get videos and they get all kinds of support documents um, and then a couple live coaching calls a month. So that's kind of how I've done that. But you don't have to have clients necessarily to open your door. So I think that if this is the route you want to go, I think this is a really, really great route. I think that it sounds like your heart is definitely wanting to work with folks. And a really good way to figure out what your long term when I started coaching people one on one, I did not have it in my plan to do a program. It was not oh, okay. it was not at all on my radar. Yeah. Um, you know, the program was born out of I had to figure out what I could do to to scale, right? Gotcha. Um, So it was it was a product of of just needing to figure out a way to be able to serve more folks. But I think that starting with one on one coaching, there's such a need for that out there. And we're trying to figure out a way actually to reverse engineer it, um, bringing on more coaches onto onto our team so that they can coach within the format of the project coming soon. If anybody's listening, we don't have that up and running yet, (laughs) but we're working on it uh, sometimes probably in the next three to six months. But anyways, I hope that's kind of helpful, that explanation. That is
1: extremely helpful. Yes, because I never really thought about um, how much time, I mean, I understood how much time it would take, but expanding it into that, um, the Fed and Fed project, that that makes a lot of sense now to be able to help people in in a vast majority instead of just such a scaled amount of people. Yeah. So that, yeah, that, that definitely opens up a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I would say Um, that if you want to work with folks, if you want to work as a consultant um, in health and wellness in that, you know, spectrum, right. And Florida is going to have its own, Rules and regulations as to and every every state's going to have its own different rules and regulations. So, for folks listening who want to do something similar, I definitely recommend sit down, jump into Google, and see what you can find as far as what are the requirements to be able to work with people in this capacity. Um, but let's just say that you know there, it's the the requirements are very few and far between. Um, if you want to work with people one on one. There's a couple different ways, or let's just assume that you already have the necessary requirements, let's just state that. So there's a couple different ways you can take your practice. You can either start as a content creator, right? And this sounds, this is the path that it sounds like you wanna go. It sounds like you do have the desire to write blog posts, to, to build your own personal brand, um, to get out there as a someone who is creating and publishing content that's helping to move the needle right? To mm-hmm. really forward the industry. And that's a really great way to go. And so that becomes the the website, your website, your blog becomes your storefront, mm-hmm. right? It becomes what people see and how they come to trust you, right? They will read your content and they will um, either think that, yes, you're a great fit for me. And I'm going to reach out to her and see if she's got any openings um, or, or not. You'll find your tribe and you'll, and that's a really great way to do it. Another way to go, and you can of course create hybrids of any of these models, is to um, just reach out to your local physicians, your family practices, um, the general medicine clinics around town, and introduce yourself as a local nutrition consultant or a nutritionist or dietitian, whatever the requirement is. Introduce yourself and say, I would, if you have any patients, I would love to work with you and them, You know, be a part of this wellness team. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's a really great way to get referrals. So you can get referral clients from in-person going and talking to physicians' offices and then, and, or you can have your own website where you're, where you're funneling people in from that regard. Is that kind of helpful too? Yes. Okay. Okay. Am yeah. I answering some of your questions? I'm just rambling. You,
1: yeah, no, you're, <laughs> you are. Yeah. Um, I am going to focus on more, um, on a few questions concerning your blog, if that's okay. Kinda, yeah. Like, switch gears a little bit. Go for it. Um, because I do have more business oriented questions for you, just focusing, um, specifically on blog and business. Let's but, hear it. Um, on average, how many hours a week do you spend working on your blog slash
0: business? Ooh, that's a good question. I think this is a great spot to stop and hear from one of our sponsors. One of the keys to success on a healthy lifestyle is meal prep. We all know this. We know it's important to plan our meals, to put some thought into it, and to hit the ground running each week with healthy foods already in our refrigerator. However, the time it takes that can go into planning for meal prep is really daunting. I've personally spent countless hours choosing meals for the week ahead, making grocery shopping lists that are consolidated lists from all the recipes, and then I have to reorganize them according to the grocery store, how you walk through the store itself, and then sitting down and strategizing across all the different recipes what to make and when and then i stumbled across prep dish and they really gave me that time back they do all the planning work for you each week you're emailed a gluten-free paleo or my personal favorite super fast plan. It is easily organized into ready-to-go shopping lists, already organized by how you're going to come across those foods into the store, a prep guide for your actual meal prep day, which only takes one single hour on the super fast plan, and cooking instructions. It's truly made meal prep a breeze, meal planning a breeze for me and my family. My fridge is now full of healthy foods each and every week. You can check out Prep Dish by heading to prepdish.com forward slash Fed and Fit for this amazing deal. And as an added bonus, they're providing two free weeks to Fed and Fit listeners. So go to prepdish.com forward slash Fed and Fit, then use the code in all caps, Fed and Fit for those first two weeks on the house. Yeah. So my blog, it is an eight legged animal at this point. (laughs) Um, And it depends on what you would consider the blog. I would say... So the legs of my business just so you know where I'm spending the majority of my time mm-hmm. is going to be um there's developing new free content, right? That would be blog. And that yep. would be either developing a recipe, taking photos of products, um consulting with different brands who I might be wanting to work with, uh writing the actual recipe, writing the actual blog post, editing photos and publishing. So that would be something that would go under the blog format. And I would say also under the blog, you could call the podcast as a part of the blog as well because it shows up on the same website. So we do all the graphic design for that, the recording, the editing, the publishing. Um, oh, man, I feel like I need a whiteboard. Um, and then we also, what else falls under the blog? Some fashion posts, some beauty posts. Those posts typically... Beauty specifically, I spend a little bit more time on those articles than any of the other ones because I really want to make sure that I'm presenting the best science. I want to make sure that I'm presenting the best information there. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of research that goes into those posts, like the five ingredients to avoid. We spend a lot of time as a team developing those articles. Uh, So I would say on average, I probably spend between three and four hours a day on just my blog in general. And when I say blog, I'm thinking the free content, right? Right. The things that I publish for free, the podcasts, the recipes, the beauty articles, um, the fashion posts. And yeah, I would say that's about fair. I would also say that fashion, uh, photo shoots could get rolled up into three to four hours a day. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and I, and I actually work six days a week. I don't work five days a week. Um, so that's a good 24 hours a week or so. And then I would say I also spend another, maybe, I feel like that's an underestimate. It may be more than that. But anyways, I also, on other legs of the business, I have my Fed and Fit project, the online program, right? right? And I probably spend a good two hours a day on that, developing content, working with my team to making sure that we have good plans set forward for the future That's between one and two hours a day. I have my uh, beauty counter business, which is a big affiliate program that I'm a part of, and that Mm -hmm. contributes a lot to our team. And I have my own separate team of people that I work with there, and I spend about eight hours a week coaching those folks, making myself available for one-on-one business consulting. Um, I feel like I'm forgetting something. There's definitely more stuff that I do. What do I do? (laughs) Um, Book stuff. Oh, man. Anyway, so it's just kind of the full gamut. I, mm-hmm. I, I, The blog, I would say, probably does take up the most time right now. Anytime I have a new... And I also spend a good five hours a week on whatever my new project is. Right. Whether that is, um, you know, this food product that I'm working on putting together. And I think I might've even mentioned it to you girls when we were. You did. Yeah. It's still top secret. And I actually changed my plan. Um, But we'll have details out soon as I finally got the website. So we're going to have a graphic up ASAP. So you guys won't have to wait for the product to be available to learn about what I'm working on. But I spend, I would say about five hours a week on that kind of stuff, interviewing people, trying to learn as much as possible, working on things like that. Um, yeah. Is that, is that helpful?
1: Extremely helpful. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So next question, um, it's how long until you were able to quit your
0: job and run your business full time? So I took the advice to keep my job as long as possible. And I think <laughs> that was really good advice. I kept, kept my day job, so to speak, until I, I had actually hired somebody under Fed and Fit and I still had my day job because I wanted to make sure that I felt secure in my business um, before I was able to really support because it was important to me to continue to grow. And for a long time, I took every dollar that Fed and Fit made and put it right back into the business. I didn't Mm -hmm. earn a single penny off of it for about five and a half years, which is nuts. There's no reason why it should take that long for other people. Or maybe it does take that long. I don't know. It's hard to say. I I think of myself as a relatively tenacious person, but I'm also sometimes a very slow learner. So I'm sure there are people out there who can do it much faster than I did. Um, And I'm happy, like in these conversations, to share all the things that I did that helped make that possible. But it, it took me about five, five and a half years until I really felt comfortable stepping down.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, I remember you mentioning that
1: you, um, it was five years or five and a half years um, mm-hmm. until you started making any monetary uh, subsidies from, or any sort of money at all from your website. So I figured it would be about five years until you were able to quit your day job.
0: Yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. also about the same time that I started working on my book, and then when my book came out, and that's a whole misnomer. You don't actually make money on books, on printed books. Uh, I mean, there's a way, definitely, but you don't get paid. When I signed my contract, I didn't get my first book distribution until almost two and a half years later. Oh, my goodness. And so, you know, it's just people... You don't write a book, necessarily, to make money. It's really just a 400-page business card. (laughs) That's all it is. And everything else that you do, like the book tour... The materials that go into writing the book and your time is self-funded. And so unless you get in advance, and that's a whole other bag of worms we can talk about on another time, but right. yeah, it's pretty interesting, which is part of the reason why I had to pour every penny back into Fed and Fit. So the company was making money. I did have my consulting practice. I did have my program when the beta group launched, um, and I did have advertising revenue. It's not quite what it is now today, but it was enough to help fund those endeavors. Okay. All right. Um, that's
1: really interesting. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You're okay. (laughs) Hey dad. Hang on dad. I got to call you back. (laughs) I didn't mean to answer that phone call. Hi dad. Hi dad. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I'm I'm helping my dad with his business right now too. Oh, awesome. (laughs) It's a family of entrepreneurs. Um, I did not mean to answer that. I am so sorry. Okay. It's okay, girl. We're good. <laughs> Anywho so um, the next question would be um, after you find your name and publish a few blog posts how do you market yourself um, is Facebook still a viable marketing option and what's your
0: go-to platform oh that's a good question I would say I'm gonna start with your last question to work my way backwards my okay. go, my go-to platform my personal go-to platform is Instagram but we I have a very... Um, image-friendly content, right? So I've got food, and that's definitely picture-oriented. People want to see pictures of food and descriptions of food. Um, Fashion is picture-oriented, obviously. Beauty-type products, that's picture-oriented. Products in general is picture-oriented. And then I throw in real life, you know, my garden and Gus and things like that. So Instagram's a really nice place to house all of that content. And I find it to actually be the easiest place for people to, for us to interact, for me to interact with readers, you know, because they can very easily comment there. I think it's one of the more intuitive platforms out there. I just, oh my gosh, I, Bethany, this is nuts, this morning I was trying to create a Facebook group, a page, a secret p- group for my, uh, my beauty counter team because I wanted a place where I could talk to them about just, you know, the coaching kind of activities that I do with just that group of people. And Facebook has gotten so elaborate and so complicated that I feel like you need, I need, I should have sat down and got listened to a class first before I made this group. And I accidentally created a group of friends who like Diane Filippo, And I accidentally invited, I created this group and I invited 40 of my friends and for those of you listening, you don't know, Diane St. Filippo is a fellow author, um, blogger, and she's a really good, dear friend of mine. But I was like, these people are going to think I'm this like freak flag waving <laughs> fangirl. I actually made this group. Anyways, it's just a side. I, te- I texted her about it and I was like, just so you know, I'm your number one fan, apparently. Um, so I find Facebook to actually be slightly more confusing. It's it's good for long form conversations. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have a lot of content that you want to post in a Facebook post and uh, you'd rather get some really in-depth conversations there, it's easier for people to share on Facebook and that's wonderful. But for the most part, because my content is so image heavy, I find that Instagram is much easier. Now, that being said, I would go where the people are. Right. So if you find that your people are on Facebook then go there. If you find that your people are on Snapchat go there or Instagram go there. I don't know <laughs> the other platforms because I don't have that I don't have that kind of commitment. But <laughs> um I would say go to where the people are. Go to where they respond to the most. I kind of started to gravitate away from Snapchat because I got so much more engagement on Instagram. So many more people are there like 10 times mm-hmm. the amount of people since I started doing Instagram stories. So mm-hmm. that's why I started doing that. Go to where the people are. And as often as you can, try to do video. Okay. So I would say that video is definitely the is where everything's going. So if you're wanting to be a content creator and share your ideas and share these topics, then try to create whether it's a Facebook Live video. That's one tool on Facebook that I do adore is the Facebook Live component where people can type in when you're on. Um, yeah. I think that's a really great thing to do. Instagram Live is great. Instagram Stories are great. Snap. Excuse me, Snapchat is great, um, but again, know your audience. Know who's really out there. Mm-hmm. And then how do you market yourself is an interesting question. I think that in a lot of ways, because I don't think about how to market myself. I really, I really don't. I, the thing that has worked for me when it comes to marketing is I have just created the content that readers asked me to create And then I told them it was there. Beautiful. Like that's, it's really, it is really that simple. I don't have this big elaborate plan. I don't have a brand vision board. It's just me. I'm kind of hacking away at (laughs) this thing. And, you know, there's no, there's no big brand image consulting that goes on. And if you guys have followed me for a while, you probably may have picked up on that. But I really just, if folks ask for things, then I try to give them those things. And then I tell them that it's up. That's my whole marketing plan. You wanted a podcast? Here's a podcast, and here's where you can find it. You know, here's the content in it so you know what to expect. Or here's a – I'm going to publish a taco recipe today. So here's a taco recipe that I offered you guys. Um, and then that's it. Try to take good photos. Try to deliver yourself as well as possible. But at the end of the day, it's up to the reader to decide if it's really, uh, you know, going to be useful to them.
1: Great. Okay. Um, let's see. With um – Flowing right into my next question, this actually works out really well. It says, if you get a lot of requests for your blog topics, uh, what are the top
0: three most requested? Top three most requested blog topics. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good question. I would say, so I'm Fed and Fit is a heavy, it's a recipe blog, right? It's very, very heavy mm-hmm. in recipes. I have over 300 free recipes on my blog and then another 200 in my book. So that's definitely something that comes up a lot. And in terms of recipes, I get a lot of requests. For slow cooker recipes, or nowadays it would be instant pot. People the instant more in- pot, yes. Yeah, people I are more interested it. in those. People love casseroles. They really love casserole recipes, so I try to do at least one of those a month. Um, and then I actually get a lot of requests from people to do more simple vegetable dishes. You know, mm-hmm. not just necessarily. Yeah, the proteins are great, and yeah, the big, the big elaborate meals are great. But some folks are just like, I just need a new way to eat broccoli. you know? And I, and I really, I really get that. I sometimes I'm like, I need a new way to eat broccoli. And so I would say those are the ones that come up the most. And that's where some of my best recipes have come from. I have a chunky Mexican coleslaw online right now that was written for that purpose. So that folks could have a veggie side dish. And that's people are really loving that. My four green soup is a huge, has been a really huge success. People have really loved it. Um, and that was written really because people asked for those kinds of dishes. And then I also get a lot of requests on beauty reviews. So, what is your, what is, what are the products I use on my hair? You know, what are the products that I use in my house? What are, you know, home products, cleaning products. Mm-hmm. People want to know what I'm using and why I chose to use those. And again, those take a little bit more time, so I'm a little slower to get those up. And then I also get a lot of requests for people really wanted to see fashion stuff. And so that's why I started doing that. And it's a lot of fun. It keeps the creative juices flowing. But yeah, I would say that's a good spread. I would have to agree about you have to kind of keep it fun,
1: you know. Yeah. Like doing recipes and all of that is what you're here for. But maybe switching it up and doing some beauty posts and doing some cute outfit posts kind of keeps your creative juices flowing like you said I have to kind of disconnect sometimes and do like a painting every now and then to kind of remember like I'm creative too
0: <laughs> totally yeah you're yeah. exactly right um people I my readers tend to really like science the people listening or nodding their heads they really like science podcasts when I talk about you know I, I I don't know why, but caffeine one oh one came to mind. That episode already exists, but when we really jump into the science, take like a misfrizzle approach to the body, people mm-hmm. really like those, whether it's a blog post or a podcast. And so I think there's definitely a need for making really complex scientific principles really fun conversational topics. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's a big need for that. Um, but yeah, and then I think that it's also important, I talk to this a lot with my other Blogger friends, Julie uh, Bauer and I talked about this, Diane Sanfilippo and I have talked about this, but it's important that food is not my entire life. And it's important if we're presenting or we're encouraging folks to approach the lifestyle, the entire lifestyle at large, Mm -hmm. to give a representation of what that looks like. Right? And so that does include beauty. What are the product? how am I making decisions on skincare products? How am I making decisions on the things that go into my home on fitness uh, routines? and then um, and then there's this fun side of it. Like we also get to dress up and go and be ourselves, and this is a really cool byproduct. When you feel healthy and happy and comfortable in your own skin, you want to get out there and wear a big poofy skirt. And so you know that becomes a part of it as well. I
1: completely agree. I definitely agree. Sometimes it's easy to get lost in the nutrition of things and just surround yourself with the food aspect of it, but you have to kind of realize, like, it goes deeper than food. Mm
0: -hmm. It really
1: does. And happiness is where it's at, too. You have to smile. You have to laugh. It's not just all food. Yeah. Um, Great. Well, uh, also, how do you monetize your blog? Um, How did you monetize when you were small? And then what were some of the changes that you made once you got larger? So
0: when I monetized when I was smaller – Let's see. Um, I started, I think that anybody can develop some sort of a product. So for me, that was an ebook, a recipe ebook. I did holiday, the Holiday Feast ebook, and I spent a good amount of time on it. I hired a photographer for the cover. I mean, I was in it to win it. I really wanted this to be a really impressive product for the buy. And so I put a whole lot into this product. I think that when you're starting off, there's nothing wrong with coming up with a very small thing that you can sell people. Whether it is a 5 steps to wellness guide, you know, something where you maybe mm-hmm. it could have been a blog post but you you pour a little bit more into it. Maybe you put a couple worksheets on it. Something like that that makes it a little bit more interactive and of mm-hmm. value to the end user and maybe you sell it for $5. It doesn't have to be a crazy amount and then have a link to that in your Instagram uh, profile the whole time on Facebook. Talk about it a lot, and then on your website, have that on your main menu bar. Get my guide, you know, my five-step guide, something like that. Really, something simple. I think that's a really good thing to do. The holiday feast was a good one for me to get started. Um, I participated. I, I mean, I worked with some advertising networks, and at the beginning, that didn't bring in a whole lot of money until I finally. You don't know what you don't know when it comes to advertising networks. You don't know who the right fit is going to be for you and where you're going to get the most reward. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes a while. Eventually, you'll be able to find a company that I'm sure you like. But on average, I started making maybe $200 a month on advertisement on my website. And um, and then I switched companies, and that number drastically changed so I think that – but I think 200 or so dollars is a good one to do. Sign up for Amazon affiliates if you can. Uh, okay. Some states have different regulations. But become an Amazon affiliate. And so whenever you talk about something on your blog, if you're talking about the Instant Pot, right, then you put a right. link to the Instant Pot through your affiliate uh, link. And it's not going to – it doesn't make a ton and tons and tons of money, but every little bit counts. And so what you kind of have to do when it comes to ma- monetizing a blog – is you have to throw out a really wide net. You know, work with companies you're really proud to work with and be affiliate partners for them. So whenever you link to a bone broth, you know, you may earn a small commission on it, but you love and you stand by that product. So that's first and foremost. Make sure that you're working with affiliate programs you really love and respect um, and are proud to refer to your readers. And then sign up for Amazon whenever possible. Um, Come up with some sort of a product to sell. Mm-hmm. And just have it there. You don't you don't have to put it on iTunes, you don't have to put it on Amazon as an ebook. You could just sell it as a direct download PDF onto your website. Um, let's see, what else could we do? There's I mean there are you could you could try to get into the sponsored post world and a really great professional way to enter that is to come up with a media kit. And a media kit is a little it's a PDF, maybe it's one page, two pages, and mine is Not so, because I can't help myself, it's seven pages. (laughs) But um, it just shows who you are, what you do, samples of your work, ways you've worked with other people, and then your rates. And that's what you send to companies where you say, I would love to work with you. I'd love to develop, let's say it's Bob's Red Mill. Hey, and you send this to Bob's Red Mill PR group. And you say, hey, I'd love to work with Bob's Red Mill. I know they just came out with this new flower. Um, If you have anything else in mind, I'm a grain-free... Baking specialist, and I would love to come up with some recipes. Here's my media kit if you're interested in working together. And you never know what that might turn into. And you get, you know, I got 99 no's and one yes. And you just kind of have to get used to that, especially at the beginning. Yeah. And then eventually, uh, it's the it'll the scale starts to tip the other way. So that's how I did in the beginning. Now monetizing the blog, I would say the majority of my uh, being very transparent. My income comes from three main buckets. It comes from affiliate programs, right? So that would be, I'll put Amazon in there as an example, mm-hmm. but Amazon's probably the smallest. Mm-hmm. So Amazon is in there. Um, other affiliate programs that I work with, like Primely Pure, I really love Primely Pure products. You guys hear me fangirl over them all the time. The body <laughs> butter, the lip gloss, not lip gloss, um, chapstick. What does she call it? Lip mm-hmm. balm. Um, (laughs) You know, those (laughs) kinds of products, I love it so much. And I actually worked with her to develop this brand ambassador program. So she's, I'm an affiliate for her. I earn a very small commission off of things. If people click a link, one of my links and buy something through her, I earn a very small commission. So those are those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. Beauty counter falls into that bucket right? I'm a beauty counter consultant. So when people purchase beauty counter products through me, then I earn a commission off of that as well. And again, these are only companies that I love and trust. Otherwise I wouldn't work with them. So that's a huge bucket for me represents about a third of my income. Another third of my income comes from my project, the Fed and Fit Project online. Mm -hmm. And keep in mind also, this is how I pay my team. My team is sponsored through my online program. So I would, that's, it's a really, it's a very large third, but that's where a lot of it comes from. And then the last one I would say is a mix between advertising revenue on my blog. And, um, I would say sponsored posts or, or paid, uh, visits, presentations.
1: Okay, great. Gosh, you have it. Like, down to a science. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, it just sounds
0: that way. I actually don't.
1: <laughs> You're like, I just try to seem like I'm put together. <laughs>
0: yeah. You yeah. do a very good job. Oh, thanks.
1: <laughs> um, another great question. This is kind of just a general question, not not anything about uh, blogging or anything, but what are some of your favorite business books, if you have any? Woo,
0: some of my favorite business books. Um, I think Good to Great is a really good read. You know, don't let good be the enemy of great kind of thing and then how to go from good to great Mm -hmm. is a great one. Oh my gosh. As soon as we get off this call, I'm going to remember. I know, I I put you on the spot. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, don't apologize. I should have these things at the top of my mind. I'm listening to You Are a Badass, which is so far I really like uh, Mm -hmm. by Jen Cincenero. I think that's how you say her name. Um, I'm really enjoying that one. What else let me pull up my audible see what's on here um I just I'm I am kind of an I am audio book junkie it's so convenient it's unreal yeah it is you I can think. just go grocery
1: shopping and listen to a book it's amazing
0: it is that's that's so true big magic I really enjoyed that by Elizabeth Gilbert. I think that. Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. It's not necessarily a business book, but I think you get a really good idea
1: for yeah. certain
0: things. That was a great one. Um, that's all I've got on here. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I'm all over the map. I would say <laughs> I listen to a lot more business podcasts. If there's people who I really admire, I just try to dive into their work. Gary Vaynerchuk was someone who I listened to when mm-hmm. I was kind of in a rut and trying to work through it. And I think – so that was good. I, the Gary Ask Gary V Show. Was helpful for me back then. And then uh, Shailene Johnson, her stuff is usually pretty good, her business oriented stuff. And
1: speaking of ruts, that was another question that I had. If you ever found yourself
0: in a rut, how did you kick yourself out of it? Oh, that's a good question. You know, if I, if I actually find, I am a pretty high energy person. Mm -hmm. And if I, if I find myself in a rut, it probably just means that I need a break. Yeah, because I if I if I go too much without a break, I can and this is true of anybody. You just kind of wear down a little bit mm-hmm. uh, you get exhausted. I think that when that happens and I'm lacking inspiration or I'm missing that drive that maybe I normally have, it really probably just means that I need to unplug for a full 24, 48 hours, whatever it needs to be. Go do something completely different and then come back to it. Your work will always be there and you can always come back to it. And whenever that happens and I take a break, I always come back refreshed and ready to hit the ground running. So it usually just means that I need a break. Um, And if I'm really struggling with something, if if it's a big sort of a, if it's a business decision that I have to make and I don't know how to make it, I really appreciate input. I am I have not gotten here because I did it on my own. That's by no means the truth. I had a lot of coaching and I asked for a lot of coaching. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Diane is a good friend of mine, for example. I've talked about her a couple of times, but I'll call her up and be like, can I just, I need to run this by you. I need, I probably just need to hear myself say it really is what it is. But um, I asked for coaching from people that I know and trust. And that usually also helps give me some perspective. That's great.
1: I was going to ask if you had any mentors and I guess, Diane Filippo would be a great, not necessarily a mentor, but just a friend to kind of bounce ideas off of.
0: Yeah, she's she's a friend and a mentor. She's definitely both. <laughs> uh, I would say Liz Wolf is a business mentor of mine as well. Um, Julie Bauer and I are constantly, I mean, we're all, all these women are just like sisters, but we're constantly sitting there whenever we travel together. It's just so funny. Um, groups will, it'll be that kind of 9 o'clock magical time after a late dinner. And whoever we're with will always want to go out for another drink. And Julie and I look at each other and we say, do you want to go sit in our hotel bed and work instead? (laughs) (laughs) And we do. We just, we'd rather go wash our face, put on our pajamas and sit there with our laptops on our lap and just chat about business. So, I think surrounding yourself by people who are doing really wonderful things in business that you really respect and admire, I just gravitate towards those people. And you never know what kind of friendships can come from those. And those folks, they're friends first, definitely, friends before business. Um, but mm-hmm. they have, I've learned so much about business from those women.
1: And that's awesome. It's great to have such a community, such a great community, especially of women to, not feel judged because I feel like sometimes you can feel a little bit judged or feel a little bit like you're stepping on someone's coattails or like getting into some territory that you feel like you might not belong. And I'm glad that it's such a great community of women that you can just kind of sit around and talk to and not feel overwhelmed doing so. Yeah, definitely. So that, um, is there a time of year where you see more traffic? Um, let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Is there a time of year? That you see the most traffic on yes. your
0: blogs. Yes. So, especially for recipe blogs, the holidays, uh, you, you will usually see a spike because that's when people like to cook with recipes. You know, that's when they're Googling pecan pie and mm-hmm. green beans. And green beans, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And eggnog. Yeah, exactly. So, I would say around the holidays, there's definitely a spike. Around any holiday, you're going to see some sort of a spike. And playing to those holidays is important. You know, we just had Easter, for example, and Memorial day is coming up, and publishing recipes that are friendly for those holidays will help keep your content really fresh and relevant for readers, and so I will definitely see a spike then, and then for all of us health bloggers out there, everybody sees the biggest spike in January. The first week in January is always the largest uh, traffic day, usually of the whole year, so definitely prepare for that, have lots of really good content. And that's a tricky one because you have the holidays and you want to take some time off too. So you have to plan ahead, but it's always worth it to have fresh stuff out for folks. I completely agree. And I was thinking holidays would be a huge time
1: or even the beginning of the year around January, everyone's trying to do their new year's resolutions and everything. So that's what I kind of figured. Um, what is, let's see, I had this here. Um, Oh my gosh, I just lost this question. I have like two pages of questions up. <laughs> um, and it's really my last question. So it'll kind of round everything out. Um, what are some important things to keep in mind when starting a business? Like what's the final, what is your final, your
0: final touches, I guess yeah.
1: <laughs> the main things to think about when starting your business or your blog?
0: You know, I've said this before, but it's, it definitely bears repeating again. I think that when it comes to deciding on a blog direction and what you're going to write about, it's important that you don't worry about trying to fit some arbitrary mold that you think is already out there. There's no recipe for success that's already out there. I mean, I can give you some tips, but your path is going to success is going to look much different than any of the other ones out there. So it's important that you blog according to what you wanna blog about. You build a business around what you wanna build a business about, right? And you serve Mm -hmm. the people that you want to serve. Focus on your people, right? Just like with social Mm -hmm. media, go to where your people are, write what your people want to read. And more importantly, write what you want to read. Mm -hmm. Write the articles that you would wanna look up, develop the programs that you would wanna work through, come up with the eBooks for sale that you would personally want to buy, And work with brands that you would be a customer of, right? So you are going to be the barometer, the compass for your, your compass, much better analogy. You're going to be the (laughs) compass for your brand and trust that, right? Trust where you want to go. If you're out to build a personal brand, then it needs to be according to what you want. And then when you get to a certain point where, you know, 600 recipes almost, you know, in the bank, I did not personally crave all 600 of those recipes. Now, yeah. I enjoyed them all, and they wouldn't have made it on the <laughs> blog if I didn't, but you get to a point where you're going to want input, and when you've put out enough content that is according to your personal compass, you're going to find your tribe, you're going to find your people, and you can start asking them what do they want from you, and they'll be, they'll be able to help uh, really well. So I would say make sure that it Make sure that you're you're building a business around things that are important to you, not around what you think people <laughs> will want to read. Right, that's really important. Right. And then I would say try to keep, definitely try to keep your side job as long as possible. Um, there's no reason why you can't start off with a product ASAP. There's that's start up with build a product as soon as you go that's great have some have something to sell people when they go to your website start working on building your email list i think that's also really important when it comes to social media we have no idea we're not in control of those platforms we're not in control of how they're going to change the game you know it used to be that facebook everybody saw everything on facebook and then they didn't mm-hmm. anymore cuz they changed the algorithm everybody used to see everything on instagram And then they didn't because they changed the algorithm, you know, and there's no guarantee when it comes to other platforms, how many of our readers are actually going to be able to see stuff. When it comes to Facebook, I think I'm lucky if 300 people see a post on -hmm. Facebook out of 26,000, which is a much smaller number than my other platforms, but still 300 people out of 26,000, that's bananas of people who have clicked and said, yes, I want notifications from her. So I think that it's important to come up with some sort of a way to communicate with your people that you that we are more in control of, and an email list is the way to do that. So start collecting emails, have an opt-in for those, send out regular newsletters to your people that's of value. Um, but yeah, those are those are some of the biggest tips I've got. Well, that's that's great. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: because um, I've heard uh, Julie Bauer talk about how they've changed the algorithm and how not a lot of people get to see her posts. And she's like, there's no way I'm paying for this. <laughs> Definitely
0: don't pay I'm for it.
1: Gonna, yeah, I'm just keeping it the way that it is. I'm just going to kind of reach out to everyone through a bunch of different um, platforms. So that was my plan yeah. to do it. Um, one more question um, that I found here. Um, and then I think I... Well, I think you kind of just made my entire day. (laughs) Um, So it would be, if there's something that you could change knowing what you know now, what would would it have been?
0: You know, if there was something that I could have changed knowing what I know now, I would have just gone for it sooner. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have waited. I'm a little bit type A and a forever recovering perfectionist. And I probably would have just come up with a download. I would have come up with a document. I would have come up with a way to monetize my business at the beginning. I would have been more aggressive in just asserting myself. Not that I not that I'm aggressive now, but I would say that I'm more bold and I'm more <laughs> sure of myself than I was at the very beginning and I probably would have just hit the ground running more quickly. Back then, I think I waited a long time for people to give me permission. Mm -hmm. to do this thing that I thought I wanted to do. And what that turned into was about three years of waiting until I felt like enough people had said, yes, you're good at this. We want more. And I waited until that to really jump in and to really get my hands dirty um, and to really give it as much time as I had. So I would say I would have I would have just started more quickly. Now, I'm grateful for my past. I don't I wouldn't have been where I am today if I had done anything different, so I'm not saying that I have any regrets. But I would say that if you if you have it in you and you have this vision and you have a belief in yourself and you believe that you can make a difference in the world, you can have a positive impact on the lives Of other people, then just do it. Do not wait for permission. Don't wait for somebody to pat you on the back, tell you you're good enough, tell you your name is good enough, your URL is good enough, that your logo is good enough, or that your content is good enough. Just start doing it. Start writing it, and it's kind of that um, field of dreams analogy, Mm -hmm. but if you build it, (laughs) they will come. Just build it. Start building that house. You don't have to, you know, put in one nail at a time and wait till somebody comes by and inspects your work. Just build it, and it will all work out.
1: Well, that's amazing. That's something that I relate to the most, because you do sit there wondering, like, is is this good enough? Like, have I have I proofread this enough? Is there people out there that are actually going to be interested in what I'm saying? Is there actually people that are going to care about mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I definitely relate to that the most. If you just kind of put everything out there, you'll get the people that want to know about it. And I guess that'll be end of story. Yeah, <laughs> it's really daunting starting this. So I'm just it's, it's such a pleasure being able to talk to someone that has successfully done this. So thank you so
0: much. Yeah, of course. You've got this. You know, at the end of the day, just remember that, you know, you're actually, kind, at the beginning, it's actually the best time to experiment and it's the best time to be bold because mm-hmm. what, you, what have you got to lose? Right. You know? You, nothing. You really don't have a whole lot to lose later on either. And you'll realize that, but now you really don't. So just go out there, be very bold, be very assertive and just go for it. You have got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So I would encourage you not to doubt yourself and just to jump in. Oh, perfect. Awesome. Bethany. Well, thank you so much for coming on the
1: show today. It was such a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, and for everybody listening, if you made it this far, thank you so much for sticking (laughs) with us. Really appreciate it. As always, you'll be able to find a full transcript of today's show over at fedandfit.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please take a moment to head on over to iTunes, leave a review. Those reviews actually help this show get into the hands of future listeners. So it's a really great way to spread the message. Thanks to everybody for joining us. We'll be back again next week.